This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I am your host. Some people will say with the most, Brian Petrie, welcome. This is episode 41. Quick little show here. Uh, just got home from work. Had to squeeze this in. Wanted to do it yesterday. Got a little bit lazy. Uh, wife's getting ready for work. If you hear a banging on the door and someone screaming, don't worry. I didn't. You know, I, I'm okay. I'm safe. It's just my daughter trying to trying to get in to get on the mic. Trying to get some airtime. You know, that's uh, that's what she does. You know, she's a uh, she's an attention hog. So let's just jump right in. Um, this show we're gonna do instead of releasing two, I'm gonna do a pick on this podcast. It could be the end of this. Not a lot has gone on in MMA. I didn't really think I should put out two podcasts and one be 10 minutes and the other be, you know, 20. You can just listen to all one. If you, if you don't care about gambling, you don't care about winning money. If you hate money, if you're allergic to money, you don't want to win, then don't listen to the picks at the end. But if you do like money, if you're one of those rare guys that uh, likes to have a little bit of a fat wallet, stick around. We'll see what we can do for you. But first and foremost, let's jump right into the UFC 25th anniversary show. That was Saturday. Pretty, it was an okay card. There were some great fights. The main event was obviously was insane with the crazy knockout. We'll get to it. Right at the top, though, uh, I have to applaud the UFC production team. The production was awesome. The throwback graphics, the throwback music, loved every minute of it. It was it was very nostalgic for me. It was really cool that they did that. Um, I thought maybe they, cause on the fight pass, you know, they have more control over production on the fight pass than they do on Fox, but Fox let them do it. You know, it was uh, maybe a collaborative effort, uh, whatever, but, um, really, really enjoyed that. It was, it was really cool to, for them to do that. The logo on the mat is pretty cool. And we'll, and then on a little personal note, we always, I always seem to start personal. We'll jump into the car in a minute, but I, I want to bring this up because I, I you know, it's, it's, it's not important at all, but it's, it, it shows humility, I guess, maybe I'm not sure. Anyway, two weeks ago I was, I literally went on like a five minute rant. It was, it was beautiful. I wish I was recording, but you know, guitar center fucked that up to my buddy, Steve, who, uh, you know, Steve from the podcast, he is a, uh, my best friend, uh, my neighbor, my childhood friend, my um, gambling buddy, uh, wouldn't be the worst to have a cup of coffee at Alcoholics Anonymous or what? Gambleholics Anonymous. Um, recovering back surgery guy. Uh, he says he's the king of Delhi, which is the township we live. King of Delshire, I believe, maybe. He's got a lot of titles, holds a lot of hats. Um, he's just letting me rant. Anyway, I'm ranting about the UFC store. I said, what fucking? I'm the biggest UFC fan in the world. I'm the biggest MMA fan in the world. I'd never order anything from the UFC store like what you know what's going on I don't want to fucking tap out shirt I know that you know that's not 10 years ago so I see the logo on on uh, and, and all the stuff and I go you know what you know I, I saw some fighters come out with shirts I know they've been coming out for you know weeks now with the the 25th anniversary shirt and I'm like and I, I really pay much attention to them but I'm sitting there uh by myself on Saturday night watching the fights going you know what that's maybe I should get a shirt maybe I should get a 25th anniversary shirt that'd be pretty that'd be pretty sick and um, so I go to the website and I and I, uh, ufcstore.com and I see what they got, you know, see what see what see what's available. And I found one that I like: long sleeve shirt, black with a little old logo on the front, backs covered in logo. It's like thirty four bucks. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I can wear this, you know, just doing shit in the yard. I can wear this, you know, flexing for chicks. I mean, there's there, endless possibility. After I went on my five-minute rant of who orders this and bullshit, I actually find something I like, and I go, and they don't have my size. They only have a small. What grown man was a small? 
if you wear a small and you're older than 30, you know, I know there's some small people out there, but if you're like an average size guy and you're 5'11 or more and you're a skinny dude and you're squeezing into a small, go fuck yourself. Okay. I want that on the record. That's on the record. This is recorded. Go fuck yourself. Um, but I guess maybe not go fuck yourself because you would be, you wouldn't be buying what I buy. I buy two X. So you wouldn't be buying what I buy. So maybe not go fuck yourself. Anyway, that, that went off on a tangent. I'm just, I'm just excited to talk to you guys. We'll jump into the card. Nine and three on my picks, boys. That's pretty good. I am 96 and 65 since July. I, I started keeping track in July. We'll call it July. Uh, well, I know it's July. UFC 226 was the first official. I mean, I had been doing picks before, but th- that was the first time I actually, boom, put them on paper. 96 and 65. That's pretty fucking goddamn good. 93 on the night. Um, I'm looking at the card here. Anything jumped off? You know, the Eric Shelton fight was a close fight. I knew that was going to be uh, a toss-up. Both guys are so good. Davi Ramos looks better than ever. Uh, that guy's going to be a problem in that division. Uh, Trezano Pena. See, I, you know, I have a question mark here. A little bit of a controversy. So I was going to do a podcast during the during the fights. I fell asleep. I had a long day. I tweeted out my picks because I didn't get to do a pick on podcast last week for him. So I tweeted out my picks. I sent the picture of my paper because I didn't do the podcast to, to, to elaborate and, and, and to make my picks. And uh, I had I had already bet Pena. I'm sorry, I had already bet Trezano to win. Um, he was a slight underdog. I thought it was ridiculous that Pena was getting this huge love from Vegas. You know, the guy didn't even win the show. I know he got hurt. But I picked Trezano to win. On the paper, I picked Pena for that reason. So it was a mistake on my part. I counted it against me. Really, I should be 10 and 2 because of my actual bets. But you know, I tweeted out it's it's public knowledge. I don't want to I don't want to fudge the record for anybody. So yeah, I uh, 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 that one's gonna that one's gonna bite me a little bit. Uh, I got Moises wrong. I thought he was gonna beat Darius as an underdog. I got that wrong. I got uh, Bobby Moffat was an underdog. I got that one right. I know a little bit of a controversy there. I I did think Skelly uh, Chas Skelly was out. He can say whatever he wants, but I mean the, the arm was just dangling and swinging there. They actually used replay. Was I think the first time. Uh, since the new rules have been adopted, they actually use replay. They can't restart the fight, but they can rule to no contest. They can do whatever. And the ref's like, listen, the guy's arm is limp. He's coming out now saying, like, you know, he was about to get out of it. I mean, I don't know. Bobby Moffitt's got a great Darce. I don't know if you can get out of that. I hit that underdog winner. I got Yair. Yair closed as a favorite, but earlier in the week, he was a plus 110 underdog. I got that. Got lucky on that. And and then I'm really upset that uh, I, I picked uh, Cer- uh, Perry over Cerrone. Big win for Cerrone. I, you know, I'm a softie now when it comes to anything with babies and Happy moments. I'm a fucking softy. I'm like the marshmallow man now. Just melt and just anybody, you know, just a little fucking baby about it. Um, not the biggest cowboy fan. I mean, I like cowboy, but I'm not like a cow. He's not one of my guys. I guess I should say. I enjoy cowboy. I think he's a fantastic fighter. I'll pay money to see him fight. Not a Perry guy at all. I, I I'm not a huge. I don't think. I think Perry lacks a lot of skills. I think he's got a ton of personality and a ton of power. I think he needs to. I think he's at the right place. I think he's a few years off. Anyway, uh, I just thought Perry was going to come out and, and and land some big body punches, and um, and you know he trained with Cowboy's old camp, so I figured he obviously had some kind of insight. However, Cowboy came out, um, didn't do really much. If I was being honest, they clinched a lot, threw a couple knees. 
Uh, Perry threw a couple knees. Cowboy went for a couple takedowns, and they got on the ground, and Cowboy submitted him. Like, broke his arm almost or did. But anyway, he got up, said a couple words to Wink, and then his son came in their cage, and the son is, you know, a couple months old, maybe five months old, and he was in full Cowboy gear. And I, and I welled up a little bit. I'm man enough to say I welled up. It was just, it was a really cool moment. He's in Denver. He's from Denver. He was an underdog. So I'm a little upset that I got that one wrong because, you know, I did, I kind of had a feeling when, I had a feeling when they walked out. When they walked out, I'm like, this is Cowboys night. This is Cowboys night. I just had a feeling. Um, but yeah, and uh, so we'll get to Cowboy later. But the Yair Rodriguez, one last guy I want to talk about, Devontae Smith. He knocked out Julian Rosa. I got that one right, obviously. He was a big favorite. Devontae coming off the contender series. This kid, whoa, this kid is explosive. This kid is tough. This kid is dangerous. Look out. Look out. He's he's the real deal. I think he, uh, you know, he he went on. The one thing I don't like already is he's only had one true fight in the UFC. I know he did the contender series. He said no one wants to fight him. No one wants to fight me. Everyone's running for me. I don't know if that's true. You're not ranked. You're in a very tough division. People want to fight you. Trust me. You're going to get someone to fight you. Don't worry about that. But obviously the, the talk of the night, the talk of the town was the Yair Rodriguez versus uh, Chen Sung Jong, Korean zombie fight. Great fight. You know, I I I had I had Korean zombie up 3-1. I, I, I know some judges had 3-1. Some judges had 2-2. I had the forward pressure from Korean zombie. I thought he was landing the bigger shots. I think Yair looked good. Yair's biggest problem has been uh, his hands. And uh, his boxing looked good. He had a great jab. He busted Korean Zombie up. He didn't throw too many kicks. I'm thinking because he took this fight on short notice and whatnot. And I know he hurt maybe one of his foot as well after the fight. They showed that. Um, threw a lot of spinning stuff. Did, threw a couple cool kicks. But yeah, it was, it was a really entertaining fight. Korean Zombie's tough as nails. Didn't flinch at anything. Last 10 seconds, they kind of go, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's throw down a little bit. And then the craziest back up elbow. Korean Zombie ran right into it, got knocked out literally right at the buzzer. Unbelievable. In- insane. Top three knockouts of all time for sure. There's a couple guys on on Twitter arguing if it was a comeback win. Uh, you're splitting hairs. If you say it is, you say it isn't. I mean, I get it. A comeback win, you know, like a Darren Elkins, you get your shit kicked in for 14 minutes. You come back and win. It was a competitive fight, although I did have Korean Zombie win 3-1 just from pressure. I don't think it was that lopsided. I wouldn't have been mad if if it went 3-2 with them giving Yair the fifth round. I wouldn't have called robbery. It's just on my scorecard, I thought Korean Zombie was, was doing more of the damage and marching forward. But that Yair elbow, fuck me. That was that was nuts. That was that was really really sick. That was one of the the coolest. I jumped up. I mean, it's one in the morning because of the way they fucking pace these things. Baby's asleep. I'm half asleep. Dog's asleep. Wife's asleep. And I jump up and I want to just fucking punch a hole in the goddamn wall. I was so pumped up. That I mean, that woke me up. I was up for like three hours after that. I couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah, you're fucking right. That was uh, that was insane. So now uh, the negative about that, now everyone's coming out going, hey, remember when the UFC fired this guy? Shut the fuck up. Just enjoy. Yeah, he wouldn't have done that Bellator. You know why? Because there's no one for him to fight in Bellator. So just be happy that he's in the UFC. It's, there's always a narrative with all these other people. Just be happy that he he came to his senses. UFC came to his senses. And, and you know, it is what it is. Shut the fuck up. All right. So that was Denver UFC 25th anniversary. It was a good card. Nice little card on paper. A couple, uh, couple uh, nice little fights there. A couple nice little wins. And uh, that's it. So... We're going to get into some topics here. I got a lot to cover before we get to the Argentina picks. I got those written down there right in front of me. No big deal. One thing I want to talk about is um, I've been trying to get some guests on the podcast. I had a 
kind of big guests lined up. Uh, we were DMing. I didn't want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx myself. We were DMing, DMing each other. So it's a guy in the UFC. He had just fought recently, and uh, he lost. And he kind of goes to me in the DMs. I think he was going to do maybe like a victory parade. You know, he was going to, you know, maybe come on mine, you know, do me a favor because he doesn't know who I am. I don't know who he is. It was, I mean, I know who he is. I don't know him personally. Um, but I think after the loss, I mean, obviously I'm not going to bother him. I'm going to let him, let him do what he does and, 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 you know, clear his head and stuff like that. Maybe he'll message me back in the future. Maybe we'll come on and talk about it. But from as far as I know, he hasn't done any press. He hasn't done any podcast. He hasn't been on any of the car wash shows, you know, the aerial, the Luke Thomas's. So, you know, I don't expect him to come on mine. But, uh, so I had that lined up. And then my second thought was, you know what? I, I just changed my pro because I think the, the, the be the most, not the most humble person in the world, take modesty and throw it out the window. I think I'm the best in MMA handicapper in the world right now, right? I think I am. I think I'm picking on another level than anybody. I'm hitting these unders. I'm picking every fight right almost. I mean, I went nine and three, really 10 and two. Um, because I actually bet at Trezano. I had him all week. I thought he was a good under. Um, but on you know on paper I'm I'm nine and three which which I'll live with but uh, I want to get there's a lot of guys on Twitter that are MMA handicappers there's a guy that's been on you know Annex I've heard the Annex podcast he's been on there he's got a decent little following on Twitter um, I wanted to reach out to him have him on the podcast maybe we do maybe we can pick against each other maybe we can just have a conversation what have you um, reached out to him got ignored. Uh, or maybe he didn't see it. I don't know. Because on Twitter, you can't only DM if they follow you. I, I messaged him. I said, hey, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I, I tweeted at him. Hey, follow me so we can talk. Another happened. I tweeted at him again. Follow me. We can talk. I ended up taking those tweets down because it sounded like, you know, I, I felt like a little fucking loser that this guy's not answering the door on me or, you know. So um, anyway, I go to his page. And I go to he has a website and I go to his website and he's charging for picks. Like he has a pick package, like you pay me and I'll give you five picks. And then I have, you know, 16% return on investment and, and, and my, here's my record and here's my, you know, listen, I'm, I'm without a doubt unquivocally the best handicapper in MMA right now. I don't have the biggest bankroll. Like some of these guys, some of these guys might be starting with a big bankroll. I'm working on that. I'm going to get a bankroll and I'm going to be unstoppable. I think I'm picking on another fucking planet right now. I don't think anybody can touch me. Nobody had Jordan Rinaldi. No one had him. I had him, right? No one had uh, Bobby Moffat or Chad Scary. At least uh, Chad Scary. At least a lot of the experts they didn't have that. I had him. No one had Sean Strickland. I had him. Um, so I see that he's charging people for picks. Like you know, I listen. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that are doing like the Patreon thing, like get more content, pay, you know, everyone needs to make money. I get it. Ad sales or ad deals might not be um, as lucrative as they once were. Um, I understand that there's always going to be some kind of situation where there's a paywall because all this content technically is for free. Obviously the ads, you know, you, you listen to a few ads for podcast meaning. This guy's, you know, selling picks. I'm sure there's multiple guys that do that. I know Stu Finer uh, from Barstool Sports Advisor. He's been doing it forever. He's have a hotline. You call. You pay some money. You get, you get his pick, and 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 that's fine and dandy. But I, you know, MMA is so. I mean, all sports are, but in my opinion, MMA is so fucking ridiculous. You'll have one football game 
or on the weekend where there'll be a surprise team that either will cover or they'll win. MMA, you got two or three fights a night that go crazy, that go off the rails. Who predicted Jaron Cannonier beating Dave Branch? I don't think many people did. That was a surprise to everybody. MMA is really tough to do that. So for someone to be charging for their picks, I think that's a little fucking ridiculous if you ask me. Listen, make your money. That's your side hustle. Do what you got to do. Hopefully, you're you're making people money, and you're making money, and, and, and I have no problem with anybody making money. But my pledge to you, as the best MMA handicapper on planet Earth— I will never charge you for my picks. My picks will always be available podcasts. Now, hopefully the goal is in the near future to have maybe a couple ads so they can give me a little kickback and I'll take that kickback and kick it back even more when I use that money to to put them on my picks. But I don't know. The guy that I reached out to, maybe I'm being a little hard on him because he ignored me or or didn't see it or he doesn't have that many followers. I don't, not a lot of comments on his tweets. I can't imagine he didn't see it. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But the pledge to you, I, Brian, Jimothy Petrie, will never charge you for my picks. That's a promise. That's a guarantee. It's a guarantee you can go home with. Okay? So that's it. That was that, that was my little rant right there. So let's get into what, what do I want to do here? Um, oh, okay. This is, a, this is another part. I got notes here. Sorry. This is a little, little personal one for me. Uh, Chris Curtis, friend of the podcast, should be in the UFC, uh, Dan and Wade contender series winner, knockout winner, should have got the contract, it was on the Greg Hardy show, go look that up, if you have Fight Pass, go look up Chris Curtis, it might even be on YouTube, uh, Chris Curtis fucking wheel kick, spinning wheel kick knockout or whatever it was, a sweet chin music, he fucking Shawn Michaels, sweet chin music, Shawn Lally, should be in the UFC, I know he had some things where he, he said he retired because he didn't get it, he broke his hand. He just announced that he's fighting in Russia on uh, on his Facebook page on December, sometime in December, maybe December 15th. Could have the wrong. The poster that he released on Facebook was in fucking Russian. So I don't know who he's fighting and I don't know. I don't know the date because I don't read Russian. Believe it or not. Uh, 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 I know there's a lot of rumors going around that I read Russian. I do not. I don't speak it. I don't read it. So there's that. Um, I'm nervous about this, you know. Chris, I think, is one of the best fighters in the world. I think he, he's, I mean, I, I've been saying it for years. He should be in the UFC. He should be in the UFC five years ago, maybe six years ago. I, I think he was ready. I think after the Galicchio loss and he put it all together, I think he he should have been and called up to the big show. I really do. Um, but I, I've, known, I've seen it before. I follow MMA very intently. These guys go over to Russia and these fucking rushing, 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 these Russian fucking hackers, you know, that's very political. That's very on topical. Um, These guys are just, you know, they're not very well known in the States and they're absolute killers. I don't, you know, Chris has got a great record. He doesn't get finished. Um, He's an incredible striker. The guy, the picture of the guy looks pretty beefy. Whoever he is, I got to get his name. I got to look up. I don't want to bother Chris. I know he, I think he just went to California for his training camp. Um, But I'm nervous about it. I've seen it before. There's a couple guys locally that I know that have went over to whether it be Russia or any promotion overseas after maybe a UFC stint or maybe after a Bellator stint, and it usually doesn't go that well. Chris is a different breed. Chris is a different animal. I think Chris is smart, and and he knows what he's doing. Um, So I I, I know. Again, I don't know the guy. The guy can be a complete bomb. He just might have some beach muscles. I don't know. I'll have to look more into it. But uh, I'm officially nervous for it. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Uh, And... 
I don't know if Chris listens to this or not. I know he's been on the show. I don't. I don't know if he listens to this podcast. I don't know if, if anybody he is 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 working with or training with listens to this. Um, I'm not in the management business. I'm not an MMA manager. I, I, I don't have any experience in that. But I don't. Know, I don't know who Chris's representation is. But after that contender series performance, how do you not get? How do you not sign to the UFC? If I was a manager, I'd be calling anybody. I'd fucking show. I'd fly to Vegas and sleep outside the headquarters and be like, I'm not leaving until you sign my guy. How do you not sign my guy? Um, and the, maybe they are doing that. I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bash his, his representation. I don't know who they are. I'm sure they're doing a great job, but Chris should be in the UFC. Um, I don't know what it is. It, it might not even be a manager thing. Maybe Dana, it's like a Ben Ashton thing. Maybe Dana just doesn't like him. I don't know if Chris has even really met Dana. Chris trains at a, a gym where there are a bunch of UFC fighters. He trains out in California with Dan Henderson's squad. You know, he's got Sean Alvey. He's got Sean, uh, Sean Alvey. He's got, uh, Sam Alvey. I blanked on his name. Sam Alvey. Smiling Sam Alvey. He's got Sam Alvey. He's got Sean Strickland. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple other guys. I mean, the legend Dan Harrison is, is still there. So for him not to be in the UFC is absolutely crazy. Um, I'm, maybe I'm looking for someone to blame. Maybe, you know, I'm looking for uh, someone to blame. And that's why maybe I brought up his management. But I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. I don't, you know, I don't get it. Um, another little, little, Fun note, not fun, but pretty pretty good. Khabib uh, is in the news, and, and for the right reasons, um, I believe he's in Nigeria, uh, a country in Africa. I believe I do not want to, um, I don't want to mess that up. It, it is a, an impoverished country, and he took a picture where him and and his 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 team of people are um, helping repair the wells so they have fresh water. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, that's listen, this guy's above all this MMA shit. Like he's on a different level he's on like another plane like million dollar cars and riding on yachts which is fine and gold watches is cool but this dude's like you know what i just want to be the best and i'm gonna go help people that's you know that's that's really cool that's really admirable um i really like that i mean i still would root for connor in the rematch if they ever did that but that's really cool that khabib is 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 down there helping helping the unfortunate and helping the people in need that's really really cool i saw that i just want to bring that up that um that uh, that's a cool little thing, and what's not cool? A nice little segue is uh, Tito Ortiz was on Brendan Schaub's podcast. I don't know which one. I know he's got like four. I'm not sure which one, but I saw some clips on Twitter where Tito Ortiz kept referring to himself as 34 year old man. I'm 34. I'm a young 34. I'm ready to go. I'm blah blah blah. And he and listen, he appears to be in shape. Him and Chuck's fights coming up in like a week or two. Um, they released a card for that, and it is a stack card not really it's terrible it's fucking they got you know Efren Escudero versus Gleason Tebow to catch weight and they got it's not great listen it's it's it it's not great but what's not even what's not greater huh how do you say that what's not even more great I don't know how how that would I don't know how to transition that TRT is thinking he's 30 34 when he's actually 43 and he said it multiple times in the interview kept saying he's 34 is it's a little scary that he's about to step in a cage and and fight somebody when his maybe his his brain is uh not equipped for that and then chuck on the other hand god this guy he has to be pranking us right it's a it's a it's a hoax like he's he obviously has to be bullshitting around he's been shown working out hitting mitts um, recently with uh, with trainers and stuff. I know he went away from Hackleman. I believe he is in Huntington Beach training or something like that. I'm not even sure who he got with. I think he got with Einstein, I think they said, um, on Rogan's podcast. 
he doesn't look great, right? He looks in a little bit better of a shape. There was a video that got released of him where he's trying to like talk about his past and he completely blanked what he was saying and he had to start over, which happens to people, but it just, it seemed off. It seemed like his brain wasn't firing at all cylinders. He also got a little emotional that, you know, he partied a little too much in, in his career and then his career could have been maybe a lot better if he hadn't done that. Um, and, he, and that was kind of interesting to see because there was always rumors that, you know, Chuck would drink and fuck and snort anything in sight. So uh, that's a little interesting that he's uh, reflecting on his past and and and, and is doing it. I am not looking forward to that fight. I'm not watching it. I'm I'm gonna. I'm really not gonna watch it. I know it's a pay per view thing. You're not getting my money. I'm not going anywhere to see it. I'll follow along on Twitter. Maybe I'll download an illegal stream to catch the main event. But it just it's a really sad thing. I mean. Oscar De La Hoya is a, is, a, is a great businessman. I think he's actually a really good promoter for Golden Boy. I don't know who dropped the ball on this, but this is just, I, I don't like it. I do not like it at all. All right, two little new segments here. We got one called, we got two uh, shoot your shots, right? That's what kidders say. Shooter, kid, kiddos say that. Shoot or shoot. Michael Johnson, he's calling out Zabip for UFC 232. Coming off that big one over Artem. I know he wants to stay active. I believe 232 is the, oh, uh, is that the one with Jones? Or is that, I don't, I'm not sure which one that is. 230 was just recently. Let me see. Oh, boy. I want to say it's the one in Australia. Oh, no. Okay, it's John Jones and Gustafson. So that's smart. So that's in December. So he's calling out for Zabib in December. I don't know if Zabib's ready for that. But I love it. Shoot your shot, kid. Shoot your shot. Try to get uh, try to get that big name. You beat Zabib. No one's talking about your four losses. No one's talking about your, you know, your loss at so-and-so. They're talking about you fighting for 145-pound contendership. So shoot your shot. Another shoot your shot. This happened late last night. Cowboy Cerrone saying that he has been offered a fight with Conor McGregor and that he's waiting for Conor to sign. Um, I don't think that's true. I think Connor's going through some legal shit right now. Era Hawani was so kind enough to point that out. Whoa, pump your brakes, guys. I'm no the no fun police is here. That fight cannot happen until he gets blah blah. Shut up, Hawani. Um, I love this move by Cerrone. If it's true, I think that that fight, oddly enough, I think that fight makes sense. Cerrone's been a top contender forever. At 170, at 155, he's made no bones about it that he wants to go down to 155 again. Um, called out Khabib after his win, which is which is weird. I don't think that fight makes any sense right now. But you beat Connor, it might, you know. And Connor has said, "Listen, I want to rematch with Khabib, but I'll fight anybody that takes me to get there." Any fight with Connor is going to be a massive fight. You put in a guy like Cowboy, who's got a huge following. It's going to be a big fight. Both styles are very very intriguing. I think this match. I think it actually benefits Connor a lot more than Cowboy. I think Connor does really well with 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 guys that are his style. Um, uh, Cowboy's not the biggest like forward pressure guy, but um, he he and he doesn't have the best hands in the world. He's got really good kicks and and he can be countered uh, really really well. And Connor goes forward anyway. That's another time note. But shoot your shot, Cowboy. Uh, I I like that you called him out, and uh, I don't think it's gonna happen. And if it does, it's not gonna happen anytime soon. I don't think Connor's been offered anything. I think he's gonna have to deal with this Vegas thing, whatever the commit. They're just gonna find. Him, but he has to deal with that before he takes another fight. And then the, uh, we're going to have another segment here called Off the Wagon. So a wagon is, you know, uh, you know, you, when you're when you're really good, like the Los Angeles, no, Saint, the New Orleans Saints are a wagon right now, right? They can't be stopped. So when you get behind somebody, you're on the wagon, right? 
I'm off the wagon of Henry Cejudo. His interview to me with Ariel Hawani was so bad. I was so sick of it. Like he came off so arrogant. You know, oh, if they cut 125, I'm not moving up to 135. This is the same guy that couldn't make 125, and they forced them to fight at 135. You win, you beat Demetrius Johnson, and you're getting this big head about you. I'm, I, I, I didn't like it. I don't think he came off well. I don't think everyone. Listen, I don't think everyone needs to show their personality if it's not that great. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone has to be Connor. Not everyone has to be Colby Covington, who is stinks anyway. But uh, be yourself. You know what I mean? And and maybe this is Henry Cejudo. Maybe he's just an arrogant prick. I don't know. To me, he came off really bad. I know Ariel seemed to love love it that he was t- openly talking out. It rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. I just it's not. It wasn't very becoming of him. I just you know it's like. I don't know, but the wagon that I am on, TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw has been a wagon for a while. I'm fairly new. I've never rooted against TJ. I picked TJ to beat Cody, but I've always liked Cody. Cody's an Ohio guy. Cody's, you know, incredibly good looking, if that matters to anybody. But, you know, Ohio guy, very, very talented, very exciting. So uh, I was all in on Cody. However, you bet the number, not the fighter. I did think TJ had his number in the last time they fought. If you want to check my Instagram, you can see Steve Smith eat very hot sauce. He handled it really well, but he he you know he lost that he lost that pick. Um, but I'm on the TJ Dillashaw wagon. TJ Dillashaw came on. They they bickered back and forth. I know TJ gets a lot of hate with the whole alpha male thing, and I bought into it too because I was a Cody guy. I watched that season, of The Ultimate Fighter. You know, everyone called him a snake and this and that. He embraced it. He wore a fucking snake print shirt or whatever it was the UFC made him down in the cage when he fought Cody. Like the dudes, the dude's the real deal. I think he's gonna smoke Cejudo. I think that's not even gonna be close. That fight's official. They're TJ's going down to one twenty five. He said, "Listen, they're paying me a fuckload of money to go down and kill a division." I love that quote. I absolutely love that quote. I'm on the wagon. Henry Cejudo, go kick rocks. All right, so we're gonna do a top five, and then we'll jump right into um, the picks. I'm gonna probably kind of go through the picks a little quick. The the card isn't um, stacked, but uh, we'll do what you got. We'll do what we do. Top five. This is top five guys I never got, right? So Neil Magny's in the main event, and uh, I just I just don't get him. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he's a little boring. I think he's uh, I mean, he's a fantastic fighter, but I just don't get him. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, I, just, I just don't get him. I never got him. And I don't think Neil Magny is like the most popular guy in the world. This list I'm making, a lot of these guys were pretty, had a pretty big fan following. I don't see a lot of guys out there really campaigning for Neil Magny. But, I mean, there's some. I mean, he's an elite guy. Just, you know, guys just never get him. He just doesn't get me. Number five, ooh, Phil Baroni. Listen, Phil is an electric personality. Guy's got a cock for days. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the picture. Um, had maybe like one or two good performances in the UFC, maybe. Maybe even in MMA. And then everyone, he's he's main event everywhere. He just main evented the bare knuckle thing against Lieben. He main evented, you know, it, it's just, I, I, I never understood it, right? I mean, for every, I mean, he, he had maybe what, like three good knockouts in his career? I, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I just, he had a huge fan following probably because of his, of his, uh, you know, his personality. You know, he's from Long Island. He's got that chip. He's got that. Now, the little Guido bodybuilder type deal. Um, I never got him. I never, I never, uh, I never understood it. If I'm being honest with you, I just, he just didn't get me. I just don't get him. Number four, Ken Shamrock, another guy. I just, I watched the documentary that they had of, of, of the lion. Uh, what was it? The lion's den, uh, gym that they had. I never got it. I always liked Frank. I thought Frank was 
far superior than Ken. I didn't think Ken was all that great in the early days, and I didn't think he was all that great. Obviously, later in his career when he came back from the WWE, Tito smoked him, Rich Franklin smoked him. I mean, Sakuraba slept him on the fence or um, on the on the ring ropes over in Japan. You know, Don Fry beat him. I just I never got the Shamrock thing. You know, he's blown up with steroids, steroids coming out of his fucking eyeballs, um, and I just I never got him. I just never got the Ken Shamrock hype. I think there's people out there still now talking about you know the most dangerous man in the world i just he was an electric guy that everyone kind of that that went to he's like a lightning bolt and i maybe it was the wwe stuff that helped him i'm not sure i just i was not a fan number three matt linlin i almost fell asleep just saying matt linlin's name listen matt linlin at one point in time was one of the best 105 185 pounders in the world he got cut from the ufc after a win, because he wore a gambling website that wasn't approved on the on the on the weigh-ins, I believe this was many many years ago. UFC, let's just say thirty something, forty something. I can't remember. It was it was a while ago. Um, he wore an unapproved sponsor on the weigh-in scale, and they cut him. And a lot of the people in the sure dog forums, a lot of people in the underground, were like, "Wait a second, this fucking you know, he's the best eighty five in the world." At the time, they were saying that, and they were backing him, and why the UFC is not hiring or. And, you know, bringing him in was the same time that Rich Franklin was 185 pound champion. Now, Rich is my boy. Rich is Cincinnati born and bred. Rich taught at my high school. So all of a sudden I had a I had to fight guys on sure dogs forums for Rich saying that Matt would beat him. So Matt Linden's in my shit book permanently. Um, he got, I mean, that got, that kind of ended pretty quietly or yeah, pretty quietly because Strikeforce did sign him and he didn't do much. Number two, John Fitch. Uh, another really guy I just never got. He seems everywhere he goes, he seems to get title shots and, you know, and he, and he's a talented guy, but he's not, you know, he's just, I don't get him. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the only fight he's ever been exciting. in was when G, GSP kicked his ass for five rounds. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I, I it, it's a guy. I don't have, I don't have much to say about him. That's how little I think about him. And, and, and he just seems like a top guy everywhere it goes. Little fun fact. I think he was the first MMA guy to get paid in Bitcoin. This was probably about like maybe six years ago. So this guy might have a lot of Bitcoin. So good for you, John Fitch, but you know, you're, you're snooze fast in the cage. Number one, this might get a lot of people upset, but, uh, he was recently on part of my take and he's doing the, I guess, what is it? it, The, is is he on Bellator? I'm not sure who, who, anyway, it's Randy Couture. Not a Randy guy, never have been. I liked one Randy fight, and that was the Tim Sylvia fights. I really didn't like Tim Sylvia, but I got Tim Sylvia. You know, he's from Maine. He's this giant guy who wore the belt. I get why he, you know, people shit on him or people liked him. Randy, you know, this guy was, you know, nicknamed Captain America. He's done some amazing things. I'm not discrediting anything he's done in his MMA career. That has nothing to do with this. I'm discrediting the fact that I think he's a lousy person. I don't think he's a great guy. Um, I think he's been married like three or four times. And in every every time his wife just keeps getting younger and younger and younger. Um, Dana White's came out and said, listen, this guy's not a good guy. And they did just bury the hatchet because they just did like a 25 or they did not 25. They did an anniversary of the Ultimate Fighter season one. Uh, by the way, the the guys that looked the best from that season, uh, I thought Levin looked good, and I thought Kenny Florian looked by far the best. So shout out Kenny Florian for uh, holding, keeping it together for that many years. Every other guy looked bloated. They looked red-faced. They didn't look great. Forrest Griffin's never looked great, but I think he's in pretty good shape. But yeah, Randy was on there. Randy looked like he had a gut a little bit. Um, you know, he, Once he started acting, I think everything kind of changed for him. 
I don't know. I just I never got through anything. I think he's. I don't think he's that exciting of a fighter. If I'm being completely honest with you, the Tim Sylvia fight w- was great. It was in Columbus. It was a huge upset, but it wasn't the most exciting. Maybe in the first minute. Um, I mean, he had a pretty good fight with Noguera. That was exciting. But other than that, I just I never really understood the Randy Couture like love and admiration that people have. I think it's fallen off a little bit, but like you know, people go nuts about that guy, and he was a pretty big pretty big draw if i if i remember correctly you know the he fought brock lesnar i'm pretty sure that you know that did really well but i think that was obviously more brock so that's my top five you can't do better so don't even try all right so next week is thanksgiving Uh, you're gonna hear a little bit of up a little bit of a so you can transition into my picks um but yeah next week is thanksgiving so i don't know if i'm putting out a show out or not i might be but uh stay tuned so uh enjoy the picks if not i'll see you next week it's time UFC fight night Argentina bada beep let's do it let's jump in let's waste no time let me actually hold on the the UFC's website is redone it's 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 not bad however they uh their press 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 portal where I get my little fight cards thing and I pick from there and stuff. It's it's still really fucking garbage. Just garbage. Alright. So I got that up. I got my odd shark up. Let's do the first fight of the night. Anderson. Anderson Dos Santos versus Nad Normini. There's no line currently for this card. This is a late replacement card. Anderson Dos Santos, I believe, is making his UFC debut. Nad Normini is a English fighter from Team Alpha Male. I think he's 1-0 in the UFC. He's got at least coming off a win. Um, I, I like Normini in this fight. I have no idea about Anderson Dos Santos. I literally flipped a coin. And uh, Nad Normini, I mean, if he's coming out of... If he's coming out of uh, Alpha male, he's got a lot of skill. I saw his first fight. He looked pretty good. He's 11-2. Anderson Dos Santos, no known record. He's actually a pretty tough guy to find because there's like 50 Anderson Dos Santos. I have no idea which one he was. There's a couple that's 0-2, a couple that's 2-0, whatever. You know, he's coming from Brazil, I'm assuming. So, you know, he, he he's probably been fighting since he was like four, for all I fucking know. Next up, you got Jesus Payada versus Devin Powell. Devin Powell is at plus 160 underdog. Jesus Piñata is a minus 185. Um, Powell's tough. Powell's, Powell gets, you know, Powell gets, he, he's a tough guy. He takes a shot. Piñata, Payada, how you say it, he's making his UFC debut. I've seen some fights on YouTube. I looked him up. I, I wasn't very familiar with him. Um, I don't know what country he's fighting from. He's obviously uh, from South America, I believe. He doesn't look the cleanest. I, I believe he has a lot of finishes. He's fifteen and four. A lot of those are by knockout. The guy, the guy hits hard. But Devin Powell's got the UFC experience. I think he's tough. I think this is gonna be a really close fight. That's why the line is what it is. I'm picking Devin Powell's an under plus one sixty. I don't think you can you can go wrong with with laying a little money on Devin Powell when he is uh you know a little bit of an under with experience and and again Jesus Piata. I mean he might have some power. He's a long lanky guy, decent submission. I just I think Devin Powell's gonna be a little bit too much for him if I'm being completely honest with him. Next up you got Loriano Starpoli. I love saying that name versus Hector Aldana. 
Um, Starpoli is seven and one, and Aldana is four and one, I believe. Aldana hasn't had the uh, the best resume, in my opinion. I don't think he's. Um, I think he came off of a Latin American contender series or the Mexico City. He's something, right? He's I I don't know. Again, I don't know. Sarpoli is um I believe making his UFC debut. He is um got some power in his hands. Again, not the cleanest. I think he needs I don't I think I think he needs some work. I don't think he's uh 100% there yet. He's a little bit of a favorite. I like the favorite in this. I'm going to go with the the newcomer Sarpoli. Um I'm probably mispronouncing his name like that, but he started off as a, a the Opening was a, a, a minus three twenty for him, and now he's he's closing in at minus one ninety. So, so moving on this line, Aldana again ha, has some UFC experience, so maybe that's why some late money's coming on him. And again, Starpoli, I don't think is uh, at this point in his career is not like a world beater, but um, he'll do. He'll get the job done. Next up, we have Austin Arnett versus Humberto Benene. Humberto Benene is a huge favorite in this. He's a minus 260. Austin Arnett is a uh, plus 200. As much as I would love to take the Austin Arnett bet in this, I just, I'm not crazy about his, his overall talent. I just don't know if he is ready for people in the OC. I just, I just don't know if he has that yet. Humberto Benene is coming off a loss. He is very talented. He's, you know, obviously I think he fought on the uh, Mexico City con- uh, contender series or ultimate fighter. I'm not really sure his backstory. I've seen him fight a few times. I think he's talented. It scares me that Benene is, is a minus 260 because I don't think he's done enough in the UFC to maybe get that respect you know and devin and um, excuse me also Arnett. well i'm a see i that's 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 some state that also Arnett and devin powell both have red hair and i almost called them one or the other so i gotta watch it i gotta be careful i'm gonna make the red hair community very angry however long story short i think Bonet gets this done i think also net probably drops a decision maybe he gets knocked out um i think that's a pretty easy one to decide next up we got alexandro Pajoja versus Ultra Saki. Ultra Saki, I believe, is the guy training in Jersey. I think he, or excuse me, Long Island. Oh, I'm so sorry. Long Island. Uh, he is a plus 265 underdog, and Pajoja is a minus 360 favorite. Uh, Pajoja was on the Alta Fighter. He was on the fucking Henry Cejudo one. I think he was number one overall pick. Not the most active guy in the world. He's a night. He's 19-3 overall. Ultra Saki is 21-5 and 2. Uh, Saki, I believe, is coming off a win, and so is Pajoja. I... I wish I could say I like Saki because I love I love Ray Longo. I just want to I just want to pick anything Ray Longo's picking. Um, I just think Penjoza he's a tough out. He's good on the ground. He's good. He's a scrapper. It's just I don't know really know what you can do to him besides maybe squeak by a decision. But I can't pick a guy squeaking on a decision. So I'm I'm going with uh, Penjoza on that one. Next up, you got Michael Pizarras. This guy's fucking built like a tree stump he has 25 and 2 he is a currently minus 225 favorites pretty big favorite he's fighting this is these, these polish names again bartos fabinski that's not too bad he's 14 and 2 he's fighting out of poland uh he's in the underdog he's plus 175 bartos fabinski is a really really dominant grappler has a ufc win pizarras is a really tough guy to look good against really tough guy to win a decision against especially in brazil however i think pizinski's gonna have the better cardio the better hands the better everything i like the under in this i'm picking fabinski take it to the bank is that the lock of the night uh under lock of the night i'm not sure 
I don't think so. I think this, yeah, I don't know. Next up, you got Cynthia Calvillo. She's a plus 105 underdog. She's fighting Paulina Boleo. She's a minus 135 favorite. Um, short and sweet. I love Cavillo in this. I think Cynthia Cavillo is going to be one of the top girls in the, in her weight class. I think her last fight where she lost, I mean, every fight's going to be close. Bet the house that this goes to a decision. It's going to be a very, very close decision. I think Cavillo just has more skills. I think she's tougher. I think she wants it more. Um, really good, fantastic women, female fight. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that a lot. Next up, we got Guido Gennetti. He's fighting out of, um, oh, wait, what? Yeah, okay, no, he's 8-4. I don't know what I'm reading. Against Marlon Vera. Chito Marlon Vera is minus 305 favorite. Gennetti is a two thirty five plus 235 underdog. <sighs> Listen, I, I hate this fight. This is the fight that I'm scared to bet because I don't like either of these guys, really. I think this is a weird matchup. I think they're both very, very similar. Marlon Vera looked good on his last fight. He looked angry. He looked mean. He looked ready to go. I think Marlon Vera has the more skills, so I'm going to go Marlon Vera. But I might avoid that fight altogether. I just I just don't like it. Anything can happen on that. Next up, we got Cesar Ferrara. Oh, getting a telephone call. If you heard that, someone's calling me from San Antonio, Texas. What's up, San Antonio? Um... Cesar Ferrara versus Ian Heinisch. Uh, Ferrara opened at a plus 140, and Heinisch is a minus 180. This is definitely, there's no current lines right now. Heinisch is taking this fight on super short notice. Ferrara stayed into the fight. Um, Cesar's on a nice little run here ever since he went back up to 85, I think, or is he at 70? I don't know. I don't really know what weight class he's in, but he's a tough out. He's 14 and 6. I'm thinking Ian Highness is going to be a little bit more of an underdog. Right now, it has Cesar as an underdog, which it was the opening line. Um, that might move. I think it's going to flip-flop. But Ian Highness, I think, is a fantastic grappler, fantastic fighter. He's got one loss on his record. I'm going Ian. Even though it's on short notice, I think he's going to go to go to Argentina and, and surprise Cesar a little bit with, uh, with his overall skill. Next up, you got Khalil Roundtree Jr. He's a minus 260 favorite. He's fighting Johnny Walker. He's a plus 200. Johnny Walker, I didn't know much about. You know, I think he's from England, but he fights out of Brazil. I don't really know the story of that. It might be like a Darren Till thing. Uh, a gentleman I follow on, on Twitter uh, posted a video saying this guy flops a lot. Meaning, hey, no, like I'm not saying he's throwing fights. It's just when he gets hit and he, and he falls down, he, it's weird. And the guy's right. It's it's it, Johnny Walker was all over the place. He was getting hit. He was flopping. He was falling. He got knocked down like a minute. It was weird. It was a really weird scene. I think he. I think this is his UFC debut. I believe he fought on Dana White's Contender Series Brazil. I like Career Roundtree a lot. I think I had Career Roundtree beating uh, Saki or wait, Sokan Gohan Saki. I had. Uh, Roundtree beating him then. I have Roundtree winning now. I think this guy has a lot of skill. I think he needs to work on his cardio just a little bit. I see him knocking out Walker pretty convincingly, though. So that's, you know, that is what it is. Next up, the last two fights are really tough to pick for me. This is, this is, this might, you know, I, oh, man, my job's so tough. Best, but I'm the best in the world, so I'll, I'll, I'll power through. Ricardo Lamas is a minus 260 favorite. He is fighting Darren the Damage Elkins, who's a plus 200. I have been burned so many fucking times by Darren Elkins. I can't even tell you. The guy, I just, the guy kills me, right? I Every time I think he's going to lose, he fucking wins. And I think he's going to lose a lot. So he wins a lot. His last fight, he finally lost a decision where I thought he might have, he was even coming strong at the end. He was getting hit with fucking everything and kept coming on. Ricardo Lamas, I believe, is coming off, let me 
double check that. I think Ricardo Lamas is coming off a win. Let's see. The new UFC website. He's coming off a loss. Okay, so Ricardo Lamas is coming off a loss. What loss was that? Boy. Good radio right here. I'm searching for Ricardo Lamas' record, which I should know already. I don't want to say it's the fucking Emmett knockout. Please don't be the Emmett knockout because then that might change some things for me. Okay, so he lost to Mursa Bektik, who... Was split decision. I remember this now. Okay, so split decision, kind of a questionable split decision. But Mursal Bektik lost by knockout to Darren Elkins. I know MMA math doesn't work. Man, I want to give you the Elkins pick so bad. I want to tell you that a plus two hundred is going to win it. Um, I just Ricardo Lamas is a good wrestler. He's got power in his hands. He has come from knockouts before. I think I don't think he's going to fight Darren Elkins fight. Elkins is so tough and just is a good grappler himself. I don't know if he can hold Lamas down unless he gets tired. I want to give you the Elkins pick so bad, but you know, this thing in my brain just saying, "Nope, the Elkins, you know, four fight, five fight win streak which he's already been broken is that that's but that's long gone." I'm going to go Lamas. I'm going to go Lamas. I'm not confident about it. I would not be upset if anyone put money on Elkins. There's obviously some value there when you got Darren damage. The guy's got the damage tattoo on his fucking chest. This guy can do anything. Okay. So my official pick's Lamas, though, but man, that that's that Elkins is staring me right in the face. All right. Main event time. Neil Magny. Neil, Mr. Excitement Magny, I think was what they should tame his nickname too, is a plus 260 underdog versus Santiago Ponsonibio, who is from Argentina. He what is he from Argentina or is he Chile? Chilean. I think he's Argentinian. I think he's Argentinian. He's minus 340. Big favorite for Santiago. I like Santiago. I was I was completely off board with Santiago. I thought Mike Perry was going to beat him. I thought he had a chin issue. I thought he maybe, you know, had been rocked a little too much. I thought maybe he lacked some skills that could get him to the next level. Doesn't fight all that often. Seems to get hurt a lot. Gunner, he looked amazing against Gunnar Nelson. He looked uh, good against Mike Perry. He pieced Mike Perry up. Dropped Mike Perry a bunch of times. Uh, Neil Magny's a tough out, man. Neil Magny just marches forward. He keeps that high, high pace. Good grappler. Good long striker. Um, doesn't do everything great, but does everything good. Uh, he's he's a tough guy to pick against, man. He's just really really tough. I mean, he's got some big wins over guys. He's not supposed to win, you know. He was a huge favorite against Craig White his last time out. Craig White took that on crazy short notice, and Neil proved to be why he's the biggest favorite. Now he's a you know uh, a three to one underdog here. He's you know plus two sixty. I don't know why I can't pull the trigger. I just I think Ponsonibio is is that much better of a fighter. It's in Argentina, I believe he's getting up for this. You got to imagine this could be the biggest fight of his life. I mean, his main event, he's against Magni, tough guy, ranked guy. I'm going to go Ponsonibio. I'm not going to I'm not going to take the bait of Magni. However, it wouldn't be the worst idea if you maybe did a, a two-fight parlay, put about 100 shekels on Elkins, 100 shekels on Magni because anything can happen. Both those guys are very tough. I think both those guys are outskilled in their fights, but both guys can can win those fights easily. So, But I'm going to stick with the favorites. I'm going to go Ponsonibio on that one. So my lock of the night, um, Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree is my lock of the night. I think he's going to destroy Johnny Walker. I don't think there's anything. I mean, Khalil hit so hard. I think that's the easy pick. My underdog locked in the night. Um, underdog lock of the night is going to be 
Cynthia Cavillo. I think, ah, oh, fuck yeah. I mean, Cynthia Cavillo is going to win. I think she's going to win. I, I like her as an underdog. I like, um, I like Devin Powell, I believe, as an underdog. And I like, yeah, those. So Cynthia Cavillo and Devin Powell, I like more Cynthia Cavillo. But yeah, so that's it. That's it. Enjoy the fights this weekend. I, I'm going to try to maybe record during the main event. I know it's not the most exciting main event, so we'll see how that goes. But that's the plan. I have equipment for it. I want to kind of maybe record my live reactions and, and what I do. It's another late card, so we'll see what happens. I might fall asleep because I'm a fucking old man. But that's the show. Hopefully, I'll see you next week. I don't know if I'm going to do a show next week with it being Thanksgiving and, uh, and, and everything like that. But if I do, we'll have a lot to talk about. All right. 